Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 96 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Joy, and our hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards STEM. Joy has a bachelor's and master's degree in biology and a PhD in nanomedicine and is currently an assistant professor at Mayo Clinic in Florida. And she believes that the future of cancer treatment is in the nanoparticle details. And I'll, I'll say, STEM Nation, I looked at Joy's LinkedIn profile, and I, I say it is impressive. And one thing that jumped out amongst a whole bunch of things was that she is listed on the Forbes 30 Under 30 in healthcare in 2019. So great to have Joy on the show. Um, Joy, fill any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Well, hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So my mission has always been to use science to eventually save lives. And I think this is a very global mission. So I was born in Finland, uh, a country in North Europe. But I've also lived um, throughout my career all over the world. And um, today in our research work, we collaborate with many different countries. And I think um, this is necessary to solve major healthcare. Um, issues with uh, science. All right. Awesome, Joy, and, and thanks for being on. And, you know, so this episode or this podcast is targeted towards, you know, juniors and seniors in high school thinking about what can I actually do with these STEM degrees? And, you know, you went all the way on to your PhD, but you started out in your, your undergrad and master's in biology. Um, you know, from a, from a biology perspective, looking at your undergrad and your master's degree, what type of opportunities would exist for somebody that decided to stop at an undergrad or decided to stop at a master's in biology? Well, Jeff, today there's so many different uh, types of career opportunities. So, of course, you have the traditional ones working at a university or, for me, working um, in a hospital as a scientist. But there's also a lot of company positions where you may not necessarily need a PhD. Um, there's a lot of writing opportunities, working for scientific journals, scientific magazines, and even um, there's opportunities to have these take extra degrees, such as a law degree, um, to, de to then work in a law firm uh, on patents to develop these scientific technologies. You know what? I never, you know, I'm in engineering and I always think, you know, yep, for engineering, go for patent, uh, patent law. But this is the autonomy joy that as a, as a biologist that, yeah, you could go work for a law firm, go get a law degree and work on patents for in, in the biological area. So yeah, thanks for bringing that out. But yes, so let's dig in here. So you, you did go for your master's uh, or for your PhD in nanoparticle. Um, could you help STEM Nation understand what that means? Yes, absolutely. So um, nanomedicine is when we use these tiny nanoparticles as little cars that we can, for instance, inject into the blood and the passengers can be cancer medicine. And these nanoparticles will then sort of help drive the medication to specific sites in the body. So that could be a tumor. Um, and this then increases um, the effect of the medication, but also reduces the side effects because now we have the nanoparticles going uh, in a targeted manner towards the cancer cells. And what, what, is, what is something that you think STEM should be really interested in hearing about, about nanoparticles or nanomedicine that we, we don't know? 
It's a great question. Well, one of the things that originally got me interested in nanotechnology was the fact that we've spent, you know, 70 years or more and hundreds of billions of dollars on cancer research. Um, so there's so much effort put into it, but we still have patients that are dying every day. So nanotechnology is something that bridges, you know, physics, chemistry, and many different uh, disciplines to look at cancer and other diseases in a completely different way. And I think that's really something that is important that we start to look at diseases and treatments and diagnostics in, in new ways, bridging many different fields. So Joy, what would a day look like for you as a, you know, running in a, a research lab at the Mayo Well, Clinic? the amazing thing is that every day is so different, um, which, you know, keeps it interesting and keeps me motivated. But, you know, some days I'll be at a conference giving a talk, other days, other days I'll be writing, you know, funding proposals, um, publications, mentoring students, I could be teaching a class you know, brainstorming with my team, uh, troubleshooting experiments or recruiting people. We do a lot of outreach activities where we go out into the community, um, but also invite community members into the lab um, to learn about nanotechnology. So it really varies every day, which is exciting. Yeah, Joy, I, that's, I think that's the case in every STEM degree is that every day is different, which is really cool. It, it usually does not get boring. Um, you know, why, why Joy, did you, you know, when you were starting out in biology, did you know that you wanted to go into nanomedicine when you started college? Um, not originally. So I knew I wanted to work with uh, helping patients, especially patients with cancer, because a lot of my friends at the time, you know, were struggling with having their parents go through cancer and some of them actually lost their parents to that. So I wanted to really make a difference. And like I mentioned earlier, um, then during my degree, I sort of discovered nanotechnology and it was this new thing and a different way to look at uh, treating diseases. And um, I wanted to do something different. And so did you, did you pick nanomedicine, you know, early on or was it, you know, in your master's degree, like, oh, wow, there's this nanomedicine, you know, PhD I could go for. How did you make that decision? Yes. So that decision, uh, I think I made it during my master's degree because I had been working in many different sort of traditional cancer labs. And I thought, you know, there could be a lot of opportunities to also go into something new and different, such as nanotechnology for medicine. All right. And we're going to get really, really specific here. I know we've talked about nanomedicine and nanoparticles, but what exactly is your specific area of expertise? So um, right now, what my team is focusing on is these biological nanoparticles. So actually, all of us um, have a lot of nanoparticles in our bodies. So if we look at blood, we look at urine, we look at uh, pancreatic juice, any liquid in our body is full of these nanoparticles, and they actually serve as text messages. So if our cells in our stomach want to send a message to the brain, um, they could put it inside this biological nanoparticle, which is basically sort of a fat layer that has these um, proteins and RNAs inside with a message. So what we're really doing is can we tap in to the body's text message system or these biological nanoparticles to use those um, for diagnostics or therapeutics to help um, treat or diagnose diseases. So we're excited about that. 
All right. And I'm going to go into a fired up question. You know, you talk about your area of expertise, but what really has you fired up today? Well, the fact that, for instance, we could take these nanoparticles, like I mentioned, from the blood of a patient or from any other tissue, and we could then load them with medication and put them back inside the body. And that's kind of a, a hiding um, the medication so that the body um, will think that it's not something foreign, so it won't get destroyed, and we can choose the right biological nanoparticles to get to the right location. So that's very interesting, utilizing the body itself um, and manipulating those uh, biological nanoparticles. All right. So if I understood that correctly, Joy, and since it's early in the morning, I'm going to go to the pancreatic juice. So if the pancreatic juice is sending <laughs> a text message to the brain, what you're saying is you're able to to put nanoparticle nanoparticles basically on top of the pancreatic juice and send that up to the brain and kind of override and, and direct something. Is that, is that correct? Yes, close uh, enough? Al uh, along the correct lines. So <laughs> the actual, um, we're actually using um, the nanoparticles that are already made by the body. So we don't have to remake the nanoparticles, but we use them as the vehicle, the, the car. We put the medication inside those biological nanoparticles that we capture from the body. So it's more of an engineering approach where we um, manipulate what's inside those biological nanoparticles and then send them back into the body. All right. Hey, and Joy, where, where is Mayo Clinic located in Florida? What city? It's in Jacksonville, so that's North Florida. North Florida. So, you know, STEM Nation, if, if you're you know, thinking of biology like this nanomedicine, like, like the nanoparticles, you know, and if you're in the Jacksonville area, you know, reach out to Joy on LinkedIn and, and see if there's tours available or see if you can chat with her, because this sounds like it's something pretty exciting out there. And if it interests you, you know, go get more education on it. Absolutely. And you can also check out my... Um, TEDx talk online on YouTube um, to learn more about this. Awesome. And that will be in the show notes. So you go to stemonfire.com and go to this episode with Joy. Search, search for Wolfram and you can find the link to the TEDx talk and, and all the other information about Joy. And we're going to move on here, Joy, to an aha moment. We're going to change gears. Could you take us to time you had an incredible aha moment and maybe how you turned that into success? Yes. Well, there's been a lot of those, but I think one of the earliest aha moments I had was um, really something that initially got me interested in science. And it was when I was 11 years old, um, my dog got sick. So we took her to the vet. And um, at the vet, I saw them doing these um, microbiology cultures. So they would take some skin swabs because she had a skin infection and put it on Petri dishes. And I thought this was fascinating so I did ask the vet if I could have some of these supplies um, to take home with me. And initially, she didn't really want to give me the, the supplies of the vet office. But then eventually, um, she did hand me a bag, sort of secretively. <laughs> and I went home. <laughs> I then went home to start my own microbiology miniature lab. And um, I did a lot of things. But one of the things I did was to go to our fridge refrigerator and and take uh, swabs from different shelves. And of course, you saw all of these bacteria grow in a few days, um, which was amazing. But my family was horrified to find out that our fridge was so dirty and crawling with bacteria. But of course, the aha moment there was that it wasn't actually our fridge that was, you know, abnormally dirty. There's just such a hidden world out there 
um, you know, bacteria are everywhere, but we can't see them with the naked eye unless we use these scientific tools. And so that really made me realize that we could do so much with science and there was all these worlds to explore. So did you already have a microscope at home or did you have to go out and get a microscope for your 11-year-old experiments in biology? I actually did have one because earlier I had asked my parents for a birthday gift to get a microscope. So I was very lucky that they were able to get me a basic microscope. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, unfortunately, you know, your dog was sick, but from your dog being sick, kind of, I think it it feels like that's the genesis of where you decide like, hey, this is really cool. And, you know, you went for school for biology, started at the age of 11. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. So STEM Nation, just think about that. Think about the opportunities that exist. You know, had, had Joy not, you know, actually asked, right? Part of the, half the battle is just asking, you know, had she not asked for the stuff from the vet, um, and, and kind of was persistent in saying, hey, give me this stuff. And she and the vet did. You know, that was the beginning of, you know, her journey into into biology. So that's pretty cool, Joy. Yes, thank you. And of course, you, you know, you, you kind of got to get through college to, to do most of this work in STEM. So if you could go back to when you were 18 or so heading off to college, and I don't know what age you go to college in, in Finland, but um, what are some things that you think would help STEM Nation get through college successfully? Well, I think it's very important that if you're interested in research that you get involved early on. So you can ask your professors if they have any, you know, volunteering opportunities or potentially even part-time, you know, employment working in a lab. So try to get that experience early on and also have confidence in your own ideas. Because I think coming in as a newcomer to field, um, you can actually have unique ideas that others that have been around for a while don't really think of. So I think um, have the confidence, um, like you mentioned earlier, ask questions, take initiative. And then, of course, um, networking is so important. So start to build your professional network early on and find mentors who can then help you throughout your career. And um, because it's really important to have people that will be your advocates. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, STEM Nation, this comes up time and time again. So I'm going to say it again. Start your networking early and, and LinkedIn is the professional um, way to network. And it's very easy to connect with it. If you don't have a LinkedIn profile, you know, go create one, go create one and start connecting with folks that are on the podcast. And people out there are just more than willing to help. You just need to ask. And joy, right? So you're running a lab, you're working in a lab, and you have to have certain attributes and skills to be successful, you know, kind of after your, after all of your, your teachings. What are some key skills or attributes you think are very important for STEM Nation to be successful as they tr- transition from college into their careers? Yes. So I think one of the most important things is to be comfortable with failure. Because actually, once you're working, you know, in a research environment, over 90% of what we do will actually fail. And then you'll also, you know, start getting a lot of rejections to your publications and funding proposals. So you really need to be very determined and not give up and be persistent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, in the academic world, there's a lot of publishing of papers and you get a lot of peer reviews. And, and Joy, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not in that arena. But you're going to publish papers and people are going to critique it. And they may come back with just all sorts of disagreements on that on those papers. Joy, can you explain kind of what goes on in that arena? 
Yes, absolutely. So every time you you publish something, you'll have usually at least three uh, scientists. You usually don't know who they are. That will then give you feedback. And most of the time, you know, you get several pages of feedback where they say, you know, you have to fix this or that, or they may say right out that we can accept it. So this is just something that um, you can't let it get you down. You just have to be motivated to, to keep going. But it's also a great system um, to be able to sustain quality in science um, because you get um, critical feedback and things that you may not have thought about if you didn't have this peer review process. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, STEMnation, you have to develop kind of a thick skin out there. And, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick pause to thank our sponsor, Audible, who's offering a free audiobook. So you can head to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing. If you decide to cancel from Audible within 30 days, there's no cost and you get to keep the audiobook. And Joy, it is lightning round time. Are you ready? Yes. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Be part of something bigger than yourself. Have a bigger purpose. And a personal habit that contributes to your success. Um, refusing to take no for an answer. Absolutely. Refuse to take no. Just keep driving. Have that tenacity. And a favorite internet resource or phone app. Um, it's actually Twitter. Um, because it helps me connect with fellow scientists, but also community members. And, and that explains the analogy of texting. Actually, I'm going to re remove that because I'm not as hip as that, and that's not really texting. <laughs> <laughs> and what book, Joy, that you would recommend? I actually recommend The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks because it's a very good way to learn about uh, cancer, but also ethical issues uh, related to that. All right. And STEM Nation, that'll all be up in the show notes, all the links to that. Of course, not a link to Twitter because I think you guys all know how to use that. And Joy, we're going to wrap up here. So if you could share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we'll say goodbye. Great. Thank you so much. So my parting uh, piece of advice is to don't let... Don't let anyone tell you that you can't be a leader because we need you in STEM. We need um, motivated, diverse, uh, new people coming into to science. Absolutely. And thanks for that, Joy. And with that, we will say goodbye. Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that chat today with Joy. You can head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player and share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion in STEM.